When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined back by the sisters from the Pop Apologist podcast, Lauren and Chandler Bledsoe. Hello. Thank you for having us again. Yes. Hello. We're so happy to be here. What is going on today with you guys? There's so much to talk about in the Bravo world. I know. Uh, It is just, it's been a jam-packed week full of breaking news. There's so much going on. Okay, before we get into what we're here to talk about, Vanderpump Rules, should anyone want to talk about that, (laughs) let's talk about some of the recent happenings for a minute. So Beverly Hills, you know, came and went. The reunion is finally over. We are now filming a new season, and we have this major shocking thing which happened to Dorit. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially shocking given, oh, wait, sorry, I don't want to interrupt. Maybe you want to say no, what happened. I, I think have, everyone knows. Well, I mean, I have so much to say about it. You know, the fact that, I mean, here's the thing like, can you imagine waking up and having two people standing at the foot of your bed? Like, well, it's shocking. Okay. One shocking thing that I noticed was that the people or the robbers or the ne'er do wells broke in at 11 p.m., which is kind of early for a robbery. In my opinion, like, I feel like people, most people are up at 11 p.m. Is that most, crazy to say? 
No, it's listen, I prefer to go to bed early, but that is not at all crazy to say. I mean, I like, think if you want to make sure someone's sleeping, it would be like two to four. A. Right, 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 right. Anyways, I just thought that was like an like, oh, I was like, that's pretty damn early to just be breaking into someone's home, you know. Anyways, well, I think you're horrifying right, because terrifying. It, I, I do feel like you know, generally you break in when hopefully the whole street is asleep. So like right. people aren't like, and a lot, most people, I feel like, I, I guess uh, other than David are still like, I think basically awake at 11. Yeah. Like so, at least heading to bed. Like people are, yeah, right. people are awake still. That is a very good detail to bring up. I mean, uh, should we start a true cr- crime podcast on the side? <laughs> I think we have to. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a good, that's an interesting detail, unless they were watching and they just waited for the lights to go off. But I do agree with you that wouldn't you want the whole street's lights to be off? Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, if you didn't want your, like the person you're intruding on to fight back, you'd want to kind of break in when they're asleep so that you could catch them off guard. I don't know. I've never robbed anybody, but that would be, I guess, my mindset going into it. It's that would be my mindset going into it yeah (laughs) I mean yeah it's terrible I mean I think also the crazy detail about how they they broke in through the children's classroom um which I will just say is probably the playroom um and and yeah I mean the fact that she was you know at gunpoint and then they said uh they said we're gonna kill you you know or something and then she she said please don't kill me I'm a mother and then they said kill her but they didn't obviously I know, right. and why didn't they? That was very interesting. Why would they say kill her? Maybe just to scare her. Maybe so that she yeah, would just do probably. nothing. So while well, because I guess it took them a full twenty minutes to load up all those uh, probably trash bags. I'm assuming mm-hmm. with all of that, all of her Birkins and Hermes and Louis Vuitton, everything we've seen, everything they talked about during well, the reunion. That's that what was literally so interesting. Yes, the night before that very episode, talking about how she buys everything, you know. I mean, and just, it was spooky hearing and the fact that Andy had texted Lisa Rinna to say, you know, Hey, get your stuff out of that garage. You're a target now. And then literally the next day or in the next two days, Derek gets robbed. Yeah. It's, I mean, okay. So I have a lot of things. Look, of course it's horrible. So let's just put that aside for a minute. We're not discussing like whether this is horrible or not right now, because it is obviously, I mean, I don't, who wouldn't think this is horrible. I just think is it the re- right? So like you're saying this on the reunion. So, I mean, to me, it's like, was that the motivation that you heard this and said, there's our next target or, yes. or is it the incessive nonstop social media posts mm-hmm. where you are? I mean, do you follow her on Instagram? It's like, she dances in her closet. It's her, her reels and TikToks are no, in the closet. You're kidding. No, no, no. They're in the closet. So Forget about the fact like Dorit does a daily or every other day post where she's in the Balmain, the Gucci, <laughs> oh whatever it is, but forget the outfit. And I mean, P- PK has been in these, the children have been in these. These are 98% of the time from the closet. So if you go to her Instagram behind her in the Gucci, and she always says hashtag, you know, like she yep, Gucci, yep. Wow. <laughs> but behind her, you see 18,000 you know, Louis and Gucci's and Beaumont's and, and Birkins it's in her closet there. You see all the shoes are over here, red bottoms everywhere. So it's in her closet. I mean, if a tree falls in the forest and no one hears it, does it, 
did it did it make a sound i mean if dorit <laughs> isn't doing these reels does she even own those things like you got if you got to flaunt it right i just think it's so interesting this mentality that she that a lot of these women have where it's like i need everyone to know about all the stuff i have right constantly it's so gauche. I mean, I don't know if Heather Dubrow watches this podcast, but she's also a target because she does the oh, very a major same thing target with yeah. her closet and all of her stuff displayed behind her. Anyways, she does. She does. I mean, so just take a look at Dorit's Instagram and just see that, like, if you are watching her and you ignore the outfit, you look behind her and you're like, oh my God. It's like, look, of course nobody deserves this, but it just to me goes back to like, you're asking to be robbed. And I tie this in with like Kim Kardashian. You know, Kim doesn't wear jewelry anymore in public. Like Kim, right. Kim takes her whole thing seriously. And yeah, she stepped up her detail, but like Kim, Kim won't wear anything in public anymore. And then you look at like Kyle, you're posting that you're on vacation. So it just makes you think on a bigger note of like, you know, they broke into Kyle's house when she was on vacation. Of course, like right. that is like asking to be robbed. Well, and, and do, I don't know if Kyle, um, let me state. I don't know if Kyle lived in a gated community. I don't think Dorit does. No, I don't think so. Well, okay. And so this is, I obviously don't want to, I'm not trying to blame Dorit in any way. No one deserves for this to happen to them. Of course. I also think, though, there is a very real fact that as a parent, you know, if you are putting out that you have all these things constantly on social media, are you putting your family at risk? Like, are you, you know, Mm -hmm. is this something where you're making yourselves and your family a target for 'er ne'er-do-wells, as Chandler calls them? And I think that it's a really good lesson. I mean, thank goodness she's fine. Thank goodness they didn't do anything to her. But I think everyone who flaunts, you know, wealth and possessions on social media should realize that they are targets. And, you know, unless on some level, it's like, unless you can have, unless you can afford the the full-time security to guard all of your stuff, maybe you can't really afford it, you know? That's how I feel. I just feel like if this isn't a lesson for people to just, I mean, dial it back. I mean, that's what I take from this. Like, okay. Like obviously, I mean, Kathy Hilton has a ton of money. Like, I mean, I have Kathy stepped up her security, but it's different. Like they're not, they don't flaunt it. Like Kim did, Kim Kardashian did. Like, you're not going to go to Chloe or like, you're not going to go to Chloe's house. She has as you know, plenty of money, but it's just Kim used to do that and she doesn't anymore. And I think look with what Kyle went through, it's just, yeah, of course, no one deserves this. I'm just saying, if you look at her videos now, you're like, oh my God, this is like literally saying, come and rob me. It is. Like, right. That's, mm-hmm. It's well, I can't believe the closet. Like you're just looking and you see the bags and the shoes. You're just like, oh my God. I mean, Crystal's $95,000 Hermes bag. Oh my God. I, first of all, I think Hermes like bags are kind of ugly. And I thought that bag was also (laughs) kind of ugly. It looked like, um, like a shop front, like a window front of a store that was like turned turned into a bag. But anyways, like that's, that's a hundred thousand dollars. I don't get, I don't get the Birkin. I don't really understand the Birkin Mm -mm. myself, but it's all just, yes. Now- yeah. Yeah. Go on. Well, I'm just saying those objects, they're not about the physical form that they take and, you know, their intrinsic beauty. They're about signaling, you know, insane wealth. Right. So, 
Yeah. Anyway, but that's just that's another con. That's a that's a broader, more philosophical so, conversation. Oh my god, totally. But do also, we want- do we want to oh, address okay. the fact that everyone yeah. that there's all well, there's a whole movement online of people that still say that this is a setup, that this is fake. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not saying it's so don't fucking come for me, <laughs> but that is what is on there on all the blogs that there are right. people saying, you know, that whole thing that Dorit was going to be fired and, you know, she has no storyline and all this other stuff that this was planned. That Someone was also just yeah saying that like you know you get robbed at 11 p.m and then there's a story in daily mail at 9 a.m the next morning like you know that's pretty good timing for daily mail and my whole thing is like look i mean where are the people like i'm not saying i mean just if you know what i mean like who are these people and i don't know it's just okay so let's just though follow this this theory out right so this would assume that she has insurance because I don't think Dorit is going to give up hundreds of thousands of dollars, potentially millions of dollars worth of products for, you know, a storyline. I just don't think that. Um, so let's assume that she's insured and then, you know, she's going to also commit insurance fraud. It just seems like it seems like a reach also- to me. Yeah, agreed. And I mean, her kids were also in the house. Like, would you really traumatize your kids over this? Like young, young kids with like a fake robbery? I don't know. She doesn't seem like that type of mom. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, it's far-fetched, right? But just, listen, Erica and Tom are getting divorced and Tom defrauded, like, you know, victims out of millions of dollars in a plane crash. And he was like one of the most respected attorneys out there. So- I'm not saying take the hit. I'm just saying saying, like nothing shocks me with housewives anymore. Nothing. Right. Literally. Really? So (laughs) you think that there is, you think that there's potential that this is fake. I mean, listen, I would say 90%. I don't think this is a setup. I I really don't, but yeah, 10, I mean, just, I think that the, like fame is such a big drug. I, I do. And I just, I mean, look at Jen Shaw and like, I mean, there's just so much going on that is just crazy. So I really don't think that this, but I it wouldn't shock me. The fact that this is where people's minds go, my mm-hmm. mind went there before I read any of that. Like my mind really? went there. It did. And so I just feel when, when your mind thinks something and you just keep it to yourself, because it's so insane, then like you read it and you're like, well, if I thought this and now other people are mm-hmm. thinking this, I don't know. That's, yeah. that's the only thing. Like I didn't voice my opinion. I said, I'm insane. I, I need a life. I spend way too much time with the behind the velvet row podcast. This is insanity, David, for someone to think that this is a setup. So get the thought out of your mind. And a minute later I moved on And then like, you know, a day later, I see that it's all over and a million people are thinking this. And I'm just like, right. If if I, you know what I mean? If people have the same thoughts, I don't know. That's the only thing. What, what do you think of all the women showing up the next day? Teddy, everybody being photographed, you know, that that day, the day of, oh yeah. The day of the next, the very next morning. I, well, there's that. And now, I mean, they're re, you know, they're recreating either they recreated this, they're, they're filming, they filmed it. They're recreating something. I don't think they're recreating like a break in, but they're like, what? 
Well, well that's like, my question. Are they filming it? Because that will, I think, really say a lot about movies. Right. And this was also the day Dorit was supposed to start filming, like her first day. Like Garcelle and, and, and Erica filmed like a gym scene. Like there were scenes in like Portia's bar mitzvah, but like bat mitzvah, but like this was Dorit's first day was the morning after this. It just, um, it just, yeah. that doesn't help and, anyone who, who thinks that it may not be real. It's I'm just, not, it's, it's strange. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of the Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. I'm not saying there's a right or a wrong way to like have this drama happen to you, but it's just interesting to note that like, you know, Kim Kardashian went off of social media. She basically kind of like changed as a person, like she doesn't wear jewelry in public anymore. And like, it'll just be, I guess, interesting to watch, you know, how does how does Dorit move forward with after this like horrific thing happens? Does this like just fuel like more and more publicity or does she try to take a step back? You know, and just two different people and how they respond to it will, you know, be interesting. That's that's the thing. And the thing is, which my thoughts just go to like, that is her brand though. You know, and I'm not saying that that's right. Like I think a tragedy should overcome everything, but like, that's her brand. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if you think about Dorit on the show, like, look, you even ask, like, who is the best fashion sense? And I mean, Garcelle can't stand Dorit, but she's like, I'm giving you my honest answer. It's Dorit. Like, so her brand is, and I think she knows it. I think that's why these closet things went, like, escalated. I think Dorit knows, like, my brand is being the fashion girl and right. wearing head-to-toe labels. That is now mm-hmm. my brand, which she created, but- like Rinna doesn't need a brand. She's Rinna. You know what I right. mean? She's like has Melrose and Days of Our Lives. And I just think this was Dorit's brand. Yeah. Well, and I wonder, you know, how much of this is, if it is a conspiracy setup thing, like to prove that she has a lot of expensive things and that they're, you know, that she's not renting things or whatever, like to show that she's got, you know, the money. I don't know. Maybe. It's well, just the whole thing is so strange. Okay, that's the other question, David, because I know on this podcast we've questioned the um, the veracity of the Kemsley wealth, the Kemsley empire. 
do you think that she was telling the truth that she really does buy all that stuff that none of it's loaned to her? And if so, where is that money coming from? Well, that was the thing. I thought it was really funny when they were having that conversation at the reunion and Andy was like speechless. And I'm like, Andy, you need to listen to the behind the velvet Row podcast. Cause I've said a million times, like, <laughs> you know, Balmain and Balenciaga and Hermes and Louis are not giving Dorit Kemsley a discount. So it was funny when Andy was like, I don't understand. Like you're showing it on the show, you know? And they were, I'm like, yeah, that might work for like Trey Judice, you know, where like the local, like mom and pop, like, over there in New Jersey gives her 13 outfits to wear. But I mean, <laughs> right. I just thought it was funny because Andy isn't really into fashion or whatever. And the girls were just like, oh my God, is Andy this clueless? And I was saying the same thing because we were talking, I mean, they're not, they don't give discounts at like Balenciaga and right. not for Doreen, not like and he, probably not for anybody. Right. It's not, here's your 15% off friends and family. You know, like those brands don't operate like that. I did think it was pretty shady though for him to ask her that question because I don't think he would have asked the other housewives that question. No, I don't think so. So I don't know. It's like, it's just so interesting, but it's a horrible thing. I mean, the thing is, if you, it's like thinking about that vision is what freaks me out the most. Like if you are asleep and wake up and there are people in your house. Oh yeah. It's like, I don't know. I don't even know if you can go and film. I mean, like, you know, That's I mean, like, this thing, is a is big I thing. Think, I want off this show. I'm my social media right. is deactivated. It's gone. I want to be a private, like, I want to be a private rich person with right. a lot I'm, of security and safety. That's wh- where I'd immediately go there. And I would mm-hmm. not, I would be like, sorry, I'm off this show. It's not worth it to me. Like I'm, I'm done. Totally. And like Kim, yeah, Kim went on with her life, but she did make massive changes. She, she did. Right. And, she, and she went dark for a, a solid amount of time. I want to say like, like three to almost, four months. Right. Maybe longer. Yeah. Maybe like longer. Completely yeah. dark. So the idea that you would be like, all right, I guess I have to start filming at noon. We got to get this hot drama. I don't know. I, I think Dorit is a really nice person. I'm not trying to come for her, especially like I actually started crying when I read the news. So I definitely like felt a lot of empathy for her. And I think that it's horrible. So it's just interesting, I guess, to see how it will be handled and how, and maybe we'll be totally wrong. Like maybe they'll show it and they'll show her like not wanting to film at all. And that'll be the story. I don't know. Right. And they'll like find these people and they'll have, and like that we're, we're like not coming for her. We're just saying, putting this horrible thing aside, this is what's being said. And like, it's just, again, I hope it's not true because it's so sick and insane if that's the case. Right. Whoa, you guys, there's breaking news right now that Tom Girardi actually apprehended the robbers. Are you kidding me? Are you joking? (laughs) I I was like, huh? (laughs) It's just. Because you know how he uh, he fought off the robbers in his own house? So maybe this would be his tale of redemption. And that's actually going to be the first episode of next season. PK, when he was coming back from London, flipped his car five times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it gets like so much more complicated because like I'm friends with Dana Wilkie. Do you know I had Dana Wilkie? Oh, yeah. Yes, so like, do you know how she's now involved in this? Do you know all this? Like she's involved. Well, OK, it? she's not. OK, she's not involved in the robbery. She's just involved in she posted like Dana's brand is, say, a little different than my brand. I mean, I conduct interviews and sometimes do like talks like this. 
But, you know, Dana's brand, I mean, I call her a gossip monger. She tells me that that's very offensive. I'm like, it's a term of endearment that that's, that's your, (laughs) that's like your brand, sweetie. So, I mean, I was a subscriber to her Patreon and like, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like literally it's like five documents a day that are like gossipy documents, like court documents about celebrities or about Bravo celebrities. It's like hilarious. I mean, it's just, I don't like any of those types of podcasts. That's just me because I am like. I just want to know the facts. So I don't want to know all this speculation and all this other crap, but like, you know, like we can start at a, I'm going to tune out from B to Y. And when we get to Z, like, let me know what the deal is. Do you know what I'm saying? So, but Dana posted something. I don't even know what, I didn't understand what it was. She posted something on her Instagram the night before this happened to call out PK and to read about just if I think about the fact that like they owe money or whatever it was, I don't pay attention to the facts. And then PK said, you are my see you next Tuesday of the week. Remember those DMs that I got from PK where yes, he told, apparently, course. apparently Mr. Kemsley does like to just sit there, I guess, and troll Instagram and see who's talking about him and then tell them to fuck off. So he engages. Whereas, wow. PK engages. So whereas I got the DMs and I'm now blocked by Mr. Kemsley, Dana wasn't blocked, but she, she got like a, my see you next Tuesday of the week is Dana. And here's why she either wants more followers or she's using my family just to get whatever. So he said that. So she reposted that, of course, like you never engage because that's just going to help the other person's case. Whereas I just am like, okay, let me file these DMs away. Like, I really don't give a fuck. Dana took that and ran with it. So now what happens is Miss Mellencamp. Oh, yeah. The the plot thickens. Miss Mellencamp, some call her Teddy, responded, (laughs) sent Dana DMs and also publicly called out Dana and said, look what you're disgusting. Look what you did. Meaning like you put this up there and it had their oh. address on it. Dana has then responded and said it never had their address. It had like the street they lived on and, you know, it's public knowledge where someone lives. Like it's not that I hard mean, to find. I also, I doubt that these robbers or ne'er-do-wells are trolling Dana's feed. Like, I, I don't know. That seems like I'm a sorry, huge coincidence. Drone footage of everyone's house. there's you know there's exterior shots it does not take much to figure out where these people live like it's very easily googleable so the idea that it's dana's fault is ridiculous but also it's hilarious to me because dana's podcast and entire brand is is like pure speculation a hundred percent gossip a hundred percent rumor mongering it's like kind of like the star it's like star magazine pod version of like a podcast right and I'm not shading her. It's just not my, it's not my shtick. It's not my thing, you know? Right, yeah. right. Like, I don't want to read, like, right, the National Enquirer about Benefer mm-hmm. if it's, like, not true. Like, is it true or not? Like, I don't need to hear, like, I'm not into fan fiction and fantasies. You know, <laughs> you know? like, so I, I just don't, you know, listen, I don't even enjoy talking about Erica as much as I do. It just... I had Catherine on. That's what the people wanted. I I like doing interviews, but yeah, I don't know. But that is now what happened. And Teddy said that and Dana has since taken this down. And I don't know. It's all just a bunch of people who I don't even know. I don't even know. 
Oh, well, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how this is all, how it all plays out. I definitely, I definitely feel for Dorit. Yeah. I want, I want that to be the ending note because tr- of this conversation, because, you know, people, whatever the speculation is, it is just speculation. And I think we should take it at face value on some level, given totally. how horrible that experience would be. And it most likely is true. And I mean, if you have a gun in your, phase right your thoughts are a i'm gonna die and b my children are gonna die period like i don't know where your head i don't think there's any in between i think you immediately just go to like let's deal with the end result here so that's gotta be yeah i don't even know how you i don't know how you get life is forever changed for sure she has ptsd for sure that's kind of what i think well right so that is our main overtake that we this is horrible for dorit anyway moving on you are here now to discuss a show which <laughs> no one has really been discussing lately is Vanderpump Rules. Oh, David, I am so excited to talk with you about all things VPR. I was not going to watch this season, actually, yeah. at all. Okay. Because I am I am captivated by Stassi Schroeder, and I do think Jax makes for great television. I think Kristen Doty gave us many gifts. And so I, I assumed that without them on the show, the show would be just terrible like un- mm-hmm. basically unwatchable and so i didn't even watch until you know we discussed maybe doing a um a state podcast about it yeah, yeah state of the union exactly so i'm grateful because i am loving this season and i'm so excited to talk to you about it like, i can't believe it i'm shocked okay so wh- why and because <laughs> of what <laughs> because okay So before we get into like, you know, any specific drama, I think that, yes, it's true that the cast does appear to be a cast. It it does not have the same magic as the early seasons of Vanderpump Rules in the same way that Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, you know, seems like they're a cast. It does not have the same magic as the early seasons when we were just following like very rich women in their lives um, and like true sister relationships. So I will say that you know, it, they, this does seem like a cast filming a show. They don't seem like they're all natural friends who really want to hang out. But that said, there's very real human drama happening. And I find it quite interesting to watch. And so I think that, like, I think the infertility journey, um, I'm now I'm blinking with Tom and Katie is very interesting. I think that the Sheena and Brock drama is utterly captivating i think lala has basically supplanted stassi as the basically the head bitch in town right and i'm loving this season i really am there's enough there's enough to chew on that's what i have to say so far huh okay i need to maybe revisit this season um (laughs) have you watched have you watched it yes okay now i've watched i have a guest coming up from vanderpump rules i did just sit down with a lovely person from vanderpump rules and i don't know i you might be liking it better than me you might interesting okay so what do you not like right now Now, and i also have to say that the ratings at least were in the toilet Mm-hmm. I don't know where they are now, but it started 
with half of the audience. So we had this big upcry in New York that like only 700,000 people were watching instead of 1.2. Well, Vanderpump Rules is like six something. So I don't know why we don't have a crisis over that. Um, Well, I think think it started off as a very sleepy season. Like I would say that the first two episodes were pretty boring. Mm -hmm. And then now, like, because I kind of binge watched the whole thing, like there was plenty to chew on by, you know, by the time I got caught up. But yeah, the first couple of episodes, I mean, it's just like baby news. And that's about it. You know what? Like boring James and Raquel. You know what I don't love? I don't love that it's like, it started filming and then LA shut down again. And so we have, we had a pivot and we had to go to Palm, like just being Mm. in this space. Like I could notice these fake things about Mm -hmm. the reality TV. So it's like LA opened and closed, opened and closed, opened and closed. They couldn't make up their minds. And so like when they started filming and then it did shut down again, they couldn't film it, sir. And now we're in Palms. Like there's, this is not like the housewives let's go on our trip in like episode 10 it's like where sir like we're on our trip yeah. in like episode <laughs> two so that to me was like oh you can't film and it's just kind of like i get it like it doesn't have to stay true to its original formula but i mean what happened to a bunch of like not rich struggling people <laughs> working in a restaurant this is not Right. No, that that dream is dead. <laughs> it's over. Like that, it's the magic over. of this early show is completely gone. So, if anyone still has a pipe dream that it's ever going to come back, you need to, you know, you need to to get with it because it's not. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. But what we do have, like, I agree with you. A lot of it seems very manufactured. Like, (laughs) my favorite thing is when Lisa Vanderpump is FaceTiming Sheena, and they're, like, catching up like they're besties, which is hilarious to me because... And without being on a show together, I don't see a world where Lisa is inviting Sheena over to catch up and to hang out. Like, not a chance. That is not her milieu. Um, But what I do think is interesting is, like, yes, we have this manufactured tea party with the whole cast there. It's just, you know, them clearly filming a scene. But in that scene, we have Lala Kent going after Sheena's very real problems with her uh, baby daddy. And that is very interesting. So I think that even though part of it's are manufactured, there's enough to, there's really enough, you know, real problems happening so I can get past the, the, the veneer of fakeness. I mean, maybe I need to think about it as the season goes on and I watch that and like, maybe I'll then say, wow, this is like real life. And I can't believe we're watching this. Maybe I'll have like a resurgence on that sense. One thing that's very interesting for me to watch and, and maybe in a, maybe in a dark way is just how these people are like pseudo rich. Like they all have like, um, like they're, you know, Valley view homes or whatever. They're like three bedroom, like, you know, I I'm a renter. So full disclosure, but, um, they've got their homes and then they've all got like, uh, the like Jettas. Like, I don't know if you saw that, but like when they drove to, uh, Palm Springs, like there was like a Passat and like a Turig. Anyways, I just think it's funny to see how they like 
grow up, how they've grown up into kind of like, you know, upper middle class, pseudo rich, like terrible, but they still all have terrible tastes. Like Katie Maloney styling escapes me every single (laughs) season. I do not understand how this woman, you know, probably has access to a stylist, definitely has more money than I do. And she's wearing a boa sleeves and a purple pants. I just, what? I just with a Nancy Grace haircut. Yes. Yes. And this is going to be like so superficial. I just don't know how she scored Tom Schwartz. I don't understand it. I mean, I mean, I, I guess he's, he's not some maybe great better. prize either with his, but I don't know. Tom Schwartz is cute. I mean, he's loyal. Right. But he's yeah, also, but he's kind also of pathetic. Com- yeah, exactly. He's right. like not a man. Like yeah, this right. is the thing. This is the thing, David. And I'll tell you, this is your problem with Vanderpump. You're not a straight woman. I'm sorry to tell you, it's just not, you're not a straight woman. And so you don't, you don't get it on some level. Like, Apparently. like okay, when, when it comes to Tom Schwartz, I'm sorry. I hope he never listens to this podcast, but like, I cannot imagine respecting someone less than Tom Schwartz. He literally cannot stand up for himself about the most minor of issues. He's a complete doormat. And so that is why you know, I think most women would not actually be attracted to him if they got into an actual relationship with him. Um, and in addition, and so I think that's one thing that maybe you're not really seeing. And then also when it comes to like the Shana drama, I think that like I'm a 31 year old woman. I can understand how the stakes would feel so high. She's like 35, finally having her first child. I can understand how the stakes for her and her life feel so incredibly high that this relationship work out that, you know, if she, you know, this, this is probably her shot at like having a family that's that sticks together and it being like kind of decimated by this show is very captivating television. And I think maybe that's why you're not so um, riveted by it is because you don't really like, you don't kind of, you can't put her yourself in her shoes the way that I can, since I'm so close to her demographic. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense to me. Can, can we talk though a little bit about Brock's issues? Yeah, Sure. Because here's the thing. My initial read of Brock was that he was a really sweet guy. And I was like, okay, Sheena's found someone who like, you know, is more her speed. Um, This like Aquaman lookalike, whatever long, like I can't imagine dating someone with that long of hair, but that's another issue. Um, But if you look closely at like what he's saying about this entire domestic battery abuse situation, which is like, that's a heavy charge. Um, it's weird because Sheena, like their his whole excuse for a leaving his family in Australia is that like I was coming to America to like have a better life, but like Australia is not a third world country, and this isn't 1945. And I, the American dream is is not living in Valley View and being on a reality TV show about you know a restaurant with goat cheese balls. So no, like not. that that excuse to me of like he was coming to America to have a better life. It's like what. No, it's not, he sounds like he's like escaping North Korea. Literally. And, and, and yeah, he goes, she felt like I abandoned her and the kids by coming to America. Well, it's like, yeah, you, you did. You literally left the other side of the world <laughs> to go to another like developed country and live there where for you, good. And then where you a place where you never sent any money back. Yes. Like allegedly yeah. you did not fulfill your child support. So right, the whole purpose right. that you are trying to 
say that this was for didn't end up getting fulfilled. And he didn't come here for better opportunities. He came here because he wanted to be a celebrity and wanted to right. live in LA. Right. So, and, and oh, I will say, I mean, David Brock, ahead, listen, Brock does. I mean, I hope everything is hope she is happy, but like Brock does nothing for me when he's on the screen. I mean, I just yeah. like, he is like Jenny Nguyen for me in Salt Lake. I just <laughs> tune out. Right. I know. I, right. I, I mean, it's nothing personal. I just, I mean, I, I can't help it. I just, it's like nobody's speaking. Right. I mean, <laughs> I, I think that it was just so hilarious that he thought that he could confide in Lala about right. his dark past and that that wouldn't be brought up on the show. Like, I mean, poor it, idiot. Oh, seriously. Hilarious. Poor idiot. poor idiot. I mean, also, it is rich for Lala to be like, you know, you're a mother now. And now that I'm a mother, I, you know, her whole shtick about being a different woman because she's a mother is a little bit annoying to me. And the way she talks down to Sheena when Lala is literally with a man who also abandoned his family, you know, like, I I guess he didn't move to another country, but he still left his family for Lala. He definitely, I wouldn't say he abandoned his kids because he does seem like a good dad, but he was willing to you know, completely dismantle their world to to be with his mistress who he's allegedly cheated on. So she's not exactly dating father of the year. That's all. Well, married to, I guess, especially now with everything that's unfolding, like Mm -hmm. we don't know what's going on, but I don't know. That's another one. People think that's a publicity stunt. Well, okay. So I was going to ask you, um, I was going to ask you if you have any inside tea on this, because I think it's real personally. Um, but I'm very curious if you got any sort of DMs, if you have any insider scoop. I mean, I have not talked to Randall or Lala just because they were on the show yet, but I kind of think it might be true too. I do. I just, I don't think that Lala, you know, it's very clear that Lala enjoys on the show being like a rich wife, you know, and being, or I guess, fiance and she likes her status and she wants everyone to adore Randall and I don't think that her she's probably one of the most interesting people to watch on that show she didn't need to pull this to stay on and so I think that you know I don't think that she would have sacrificed her relationship's dignity to you know pump up Vanderpump Rules ratings Especially when there's like, that's a non sequitur in itself because they're not even talking about this on the show. So why would people go watch the show if they're interested in this story? It's not even, it would be next season, I guess. Right. Like there was no reason. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a full, first of all, you know, you talk about like Lisa Vanderpump FaceTiming Sheena. It's just like when Lala walks into Lisa Vanderpump's house, like how bad does Lala want to be like, like, and this is not a dig to Lala, but I mean, she thinks she's Lisa's equal when right. she walks 100%. into the house. It's she, not, thinks she, yeah. she doesn't walk in the same way Katie does or, you know, Sheena or really any of the others. She's really like, well, I mean, what's the difference? I live down the street. I mean, not really, but you know what I mean. Oh, there's a total, there's an energy about her that's like, I am now like head bitch in charge because I'm with this really rich guy. And yeah. I definitely, I definitely see what you're saying. And like, whatever, like I'll like call Lisa any day I want for lunch. Like she's, I mean, who, who the hell's Lisa? Like, I don't work for her. She's like my colleague. (laughs) Right. For sure. Oh, I, 
I think it'll be interesting to see what happens here. I mean, do we think that they'll, my, my prediction is they will stick together, but this did happen. I'm curious. What are your guys' predictions? That's my prediction also. I mean, yeah, I think the gravy train's too good. It's just like, why? I mean, I get it. Like sometimes when you're on that third martini and it tastes so good and you have that lime twist and then you have that fourth martini and I get it. Like, I totally get it. Like sometimes we just make our decisions because, you know, the drinks are there, but in what world, like, why? Like, what do you think is going to happen next? Like, well, this is okay. So you're saying that you get how Randall made a mistake, right? Well, I get like how it happens. Like you're in the moment, you're on your third drink and you're like, I really don't want to do this. And this is going to fuck up my life, but I just can't say no now. Cause like, this is in front of me. Like, why not? I, I really do I mean, get that. He's a serial partier. Yeah. He, like, he also probably strikes me as someone who's fundamentally very insecure. And, and that is, I think that is what drives most, most people to cheat is like deep insecurity. Right. It's um, like if, your own, like, that's what, that's where we felt like, sorry for Jackson way of like, if you really got beneath it, you're like, it really is all about you. It really is. And your need for a validation. Yeah. Randall's need to feel attractive, that he's still in the game, that he's not, you know, entering, you know, the winter of his life, that he is still like a hot commodity. And I think that also Randall is kind of ridiculed for his looks, which I think is sad. I don't think he's like that. I think he's a fine looking person. Um, But I think that that probably plays a, plays a role he definitely is someone that did not come from wealth and like built everything he has which i totally respect but i think there's maybe an inferiority complex there which drives him to make bad decisions yes yes and yes i mean listen when i had randall on this podcast twice i even said this to him i said this to lala when she was on my podcast like it was almost like does Randall not realize who he is? Do you know what I mean? Like, look, this is Hollywood. Let's just break it down. Like he can get 8,000 women like Lala. That's not a, that's not a knock to Lala. Cause she can get 8,000 guys. Like it, 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 it's both, but like, I get what you're saying. I don't disagree, but it's almost like, man, like you should be secure because you could get anybody. Right. Now, I mean, I know I mean, that doesn't really make you secure because if they're with you for the wrong reasons, but right. I mean, people can fake it, right? So it's like, I also find you're huge. Like you're a director. Yeah. I mean, I find Randall to be also very personable and charming. Yeah. Like, very charming. I, I honestly, and he's had like a great fan journey with people like liking him on screen. So clearly in real life, he's a delight. Right. He's, he was wonderful i mean i absolutely loved having him on he follows up he facetimes like he was nothing but they listen both of them were i found lala to be so open and honest when i chatted with her no angle not trying to get a headline Mm -hmm. just like you're asking me questions and i'm answering them so i personally loved randall and lala both when i interacted with them before during and after our podcast experience i really did i really liked them both I thought Randall was so nice. I, 
Yes. And I, I've listened, whenever I listen to them on podcasts, I find them to be so likable, like so with it and very straightforward. And I totally become fans. Um, and so, right. Yeah. I think it's super, I think it's super sad. And I hope what? that, I hope that they, I don't know. I think it's super sad basically, I guess. I mean, yeah, I think that's why it's hard for me to believe that like, this would be a, a publicity stunt, I guess, that she would just throw away their relationship for ratings because I do I could see how you could fall in love with him truthfully well people people were saying like it wasn't for ratings it was like for her book sign she had like another book still yeah yeah I don't think she no that there's no way that would be ridiculous no I mean I I don't I I agree and I really do hope that they make it and I really do feel and this is not an insult either I feel like they're as good as each other could do. And I know that sounds horrible, but I don't, I mean, at the opposite, yeah. I mean, like they're kind of perfect for each other. Right. Okay. But I do want to say one thing and I, I've heard Lala say, maybe it was on your podcast, but I've heard her say in an interview, like basically someone said some, she was paraphrasing and she said, someone's asked me if I would be with Randall, if you, you know, didn't have all of his success and no, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't be attracted to to him without the full package essentially which i think is a pretty dark thing to admit like even if it's totally straightforward even yeah. if it's totally true and straightforward like what if randall was to say oh yeah and once lala you know once the bloom of youth has completely faded now what drew me to her will you know i'm not i will no longer be interested in like i think that that's actually like i don't know i think that there's some it's not, that's not, that's, that doesn't make a healthy relationship or a very strong relationship if it's built primarily on attraction to superficial things. Hmm. I mean, I, I get it, but it's almost like, how can I put this? Like, I mean, like I'm turned on by success because I don't like weak people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, to your point, after a weekend with Schwartz, I would be like, Jesus fucking Christ, like, don't ever fucking speak to me again. <laughs> I would have, I would have a great weekend with Schwartz, but I mean, I am, I am attracted to like powerful right. personalities. I don't think I am because I'm such a domineering personality, but then I get cute and innocent and shy. And I'm like, this is so sweet. And then after a week, I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, like, I can't date this person. This is horrible. <laughs> So, I mean, in a way, like I kind of say that I'm attracted to success, but it's not necessarily tied to money, if that makes any sense. Like when, yeah, when it, I it meet does you make sense. and you're like a like professional mess at fucking 48, <laughs> like, well, hold on, like, hold on. I have to tell my roommate to quiet it. I'm like, what, what, like room, what? Like, I don't care if this is New York or what, like, I want to throw up now. Like you're full, you know, like that's a turnoff. Yes. No, I agree. And I think that's a, uh, that is a charitable read of that, um, of her saying that I'm being charitable. You are. And I think you might be a straight woman. If you understand the, the Tom Schwartz thing, I think I was wrong. You do get it, David. I I know. I, I, I get it. Like I first, but now I get it. Like in a relationship, I would just be like, Jesus, I, I'm going to, this is horrible. Like, what do you mean you can't stand up to Tom, Tom Sandoval? Like, get the fuck out of my way. Sorry, I have to butt in. And Tom Sandoval, go fuck yourself. Don't ever speak to him again like that. And then I've gone to something else. But I would be like, I'm so turned off that you can't even stand up for yourself and have no right. spine. I want to throw up. Right. So I get it. Um, 
what do we now here's some controversial stuff to say who is your this will be controversial when i tell you this <laughs> you do enjoy the experience of vanderpump rules more than me this season i'm gonna try to take this conversation and maybe get there i don't know why i'm not there you know what it is i just think it's like he kind of knew all this that's my thing like I knew about Brock and Sheena just from like all the blogs and yeah I don't know like I feel like nothing mm, is happening about this it's yeah. not yeah, okay. like yeah. I'm not saying like I don't sit there and say where's Stassi where's Jax where's Kristen I do move on the same way I moved on after LVP left you know Beverly Hills the same way I, I mean I never skipped a beat with Bethany I'm like I, I do accept once the casting change is made like I don't really but something for me isn't quite gelling. Yeah. I mean, it's a reduced cast. We got rid of all the fluff. And so it's more like, I don't know. It's just not gelling. Now, who is your, because this is going to be controversial, your king and queen. They don't have to be like a couple. Just who's your favorite guy and your favorite girl. And then I'll tell you mine. And it's going to be shocking. Oh my gosh, okay. I can't wait. Uh, mine okay. is favorite girl is Lala for sure. She's the most interesting to watch um, by a mile, in my opinion. Um, and I think that, and my king is is James. James is also an incredible television, oh even gosh. sober, even sober. He's <laughs> flicking water on Max to wake him up because of, because, and he's, you know, saying horrible things. He's a basket. He's a, he's a dumpster fire of a person. That makes her great television. Oof. Okay. I'm gonna Go I'm on. gonna have to say that Ariana is my queen. I think that and for different reasons. Like Lauren is coming from, you know, who's the most interesting to watch. I'm like, who do I like the most? Mm. Who do I want to be friends with in real life? Absolutely, hands down, Ariana. I think she continues to be the most rational person on the Bravo franchise, um, on any of the Bravo franchises. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I love her. Um, and I didn't initially when she came on the show, thought she was like a boyfriend stealer, but I think my King, I want to say Randall, because I just think he's like extremely likable despite all the, you know, the cheating. Um, but I think that Tom Sandoval seeing what he did for, uh, James's proposal was unreal to me. I'm like, I want to be friends with Sandoval in real life because he goes, you know, above and beyond for his friends. Um, so, you know, I'm coming from, I guess, pure, a pure side of things. And I love Ariana and Tom Sandoval. You really like the couple you, you really yeah. are a Tom and Ariana fan. That being said, well, I don't know I if I totally believe in their love. I don't know if I believe in them as a duo, to be quite honest, but I really like both of them individually. Huh. I'm not sure that I see the appeal per se of all that. Really? <laughs> I don't either, you David. Don't, I'm with you. I, you don't like either of them? I used to love, well, I guess I never really loved. I, I'm starting to see Sandoval in a much different light. Oh, really? Okay. I want to hear. Yes. What, what well, kind of light? You know, like just high maintenance and like, difficult to get along with. I'm not criticizing him. I just think yeah. like the whole Jax thing 
And then like the whole, and I'm, I'm, this is not a criticism. It's just an observation. Like, you know, like Jax has an issue with you, like whatever, because like, you didn't, you know, you didn't like what he said. You got mad at him. Now you're freaking out about Katie and like, oh, and I'm that, not saying, I'm not saying he's not right. I'm just saying like, I'm starting to be like, maybe we didn't see this really high maintenance Tom Sandoval. Yeah. For all these I mean, years. I- and just like being with like my mustache and like I am like a hipster, yeah. <laughs> even though I'm I have money now. I just I'm not criticizing him. I'm just saying I'm starting to see like why maybe everyone's like, oh God, Sandoval, no they. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> most of his scenes are either him like primping, pumping iron, or complaining that people don't like his ideas. Like he's just I I find him to be most of the time unlikable. Actually, oh well, that's so um, funny. I do find when he's tender about his friendship or his, you know, love for Ariana, then I get back in his corner. Um, but most of the time I find him to be like an egomaniac. And the whole Ariana thing, I'm not sure I understand. Really? All of that. I mean, I feel like I, I feel like when she, they were sitting at the table and having the argument where Tom was t- coming for Katie and Ariana was not just like blindly backing him. I was like, I kind of like, I, I believe that like, I just, I think she's like a really rational person and I don't know. I just like her. I, you know, as far as entertaining television goes, Lala's clearly very entertaining. James to me, though, has been kind of boring this season. I mean, he had this like blow up with Max, but I don't know. I like, he's like annoying to me. I never want to be inside James Kennedy's head. Like the idea that you would say in the sober light of day, like call someone fat multiple times right like it's beyond me i'm just like, like oh evil. my gosh do you actually think you think like a 15 year old boy all the time okay listen we have a that's i have a lot to say with that but i agree with james being the king i do. really thank you yes i do i find like even when he was just on watch what happens with raquel you know recently mm-hmm. i find james like you he's at that stassi level of like where were you all of our lives? He's so his one-liners. He's so good on reality TV. Okay. I agree. He's so like, even when he was on watch with Andy and he's like, what? And he's just like, he's not even really paying attention. He says something. He almost laughs at his own jokes because he knows it's, they're funny. His one-liners are funny. And so he almost laughs at them. And then like, I don't know. He's, and even when he's cocky, it's endearing. I mean, when he's telling Raquel that she can't wear her wedding ring to work, like when he's just like lecturing her about how she has to treat her wedding ring so well, like it's it's kind of like awful, but it's also kind of amazing because I'm I just cannot imagine being in a relationship with a person like that. Right, and like for all of like whoever you know, like you look at certain couples and you're like, I'm not saying the other ones aren't together now, but. I really do feel that James probably has learned and like, I don't think he would cheat on Raquel for real. Okay. I hope so not. I'm, I think that James is, uh, James's love for Raquel is so beautiful. It's so sweet. I think that he really loves her. However, he seems like his belligerent, angry side. It seems sober, like, belligerent, angry side too. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Chandler. The sober, belligerent, belligerent, angry side. He seems like the guy who will at some point 
be a terrible husband in your yeah. like, middle age. Once you're no longer like the, you know, once you're, he's not so obsessed with you physically, like he just seems so like obsessed and drawn to Raquel because of the way she looks. And she is so beautiful. But I do think that there's something kind of dark about that too, because I don't know, like the, the way James treats people and is in ridicules people for their physical appearance. I just feel like there's a, there's an ugly side to that. That seems inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I cannot make him my king. That makes sense. And <laughs> I do think like Lala for me, I get it. I do think she steals every scene. I think that she's great. And she is like the Stasi of the show now in the sense that I think, you know, outside the show she has, will have the biggest career and has the biggest career, but this is going to be strange probably to most people when I say this, but my queen is actually Raquel and I'll explain why. Here's the thing. Here's the thing I find. Whereas like I'm bored in a sense that I'm not learning anything new, really. Like I'm like, I don't need to know anymore about like, guess what? Ariana and Tom love to make cocktails. Really? Well, I mean, there you go. We found something out today. Katie needs to like push Tom Schwartz aside and like storm in and take the reins. Okay. Wow. We know I'm finding Raquel to be the most interesting one for me to watch because Mm -hmm. like, we don't know her and I'm enjoying getting to know her. And I feel like she's the one I'm getting to know the most this season and she's coming out of her shell and I'm learning more about her. And I do find like her, like she's authentic, like in her kind of like ditzy Valley girl way, but that's really her. And so I totally could see how her and James work. James is like a strong personality and he feels like he's rescuing her in a way, not that, you know, she needs rescuing because she's drop dead gorgeous, But I feel like she feels comfortable with James and James feels like warm and fuzzy, like family, like she'll stay by him. You know, I don't know. I'm really finding getting to know her interesting. I I just feel like, oh, sorry. I just think Raquel is, I, I agree in some sense, like last season, I found her to be so boring. And now I find her sincerity and sweetness to be like oddly beguiling. Like I'm very, I kind of lean in when she's on the screen. Like I find her to just be very interesting to watch. Um, so I agree with you there, but I, I do want to say, I think that she could do so much better than James. And so it like is painful to watch her commit herself to him because she is just like a top quality person. And James is such a problematic person in so many ways. And I hate that word, but he really is. But maybe he's changed. I don't know. I think she's the best thing that's ever happened to him. And I do not see him changing. Like for good. I don't think he's going to become a fundamentally better person. But doesn't he realize that she's the best thing that's ever happened? Like, doesn't he now realize this? Yes, I think he. I think he realizes that. But the fact that he's still calling people fat, like while while sober, and being like so cruel about people's physical appearances, not to come back to this, but it does bear repeating. In my opinion, like it is so emblematic of a person that is not a good human being no i mean serious issues he has like the brain of a middle schooler like in his cruelty right like he seems so stunted to me as like a man huh i see i i huh i mean he also does get special you know preferential treatment by lisa oh yeah like he, he can do no wrong 
the scene where the scene where Lisa had him and Max kind of like try to make amends it was just so classic like reality show fake like in what world would Lisa Vanderpump be trying to like have them both over to mend their friendship like she wouldn't have anything to do with it if they weren't on the show I'm just like you know why you don't go against Max like that's like the bosses. I mean, I know like oh, he's, yeah. still, he's still DJs there. I'm like, how is this okay for your career? Right. Yeah. It d- you know, I don't know. That was a, that was very strange. Um, I don't know. I'm really liking Raquel. I, I, I don't know what happened. It just in the middle of nowhere, I decided like Raquel is my person that I just <laughs> am intrigued to watch. Okay. I, yeah, I, I can see that. I really like have liked her more this season. I have to just say one final thought about this, this season and Raquel specifically, the idea of Coachella being everyone's personalities, um, was so cringy to me, like everyone being obsessed with Coachella and having this entire, you know, multi-episode theme of Raquella, where Coachella was like this amazing time for Raquel. It's like all it's like I, the idea of also having a Coachella theme proposal is just like so gross to me. It's like the worst part of like so Southern California culture. And yeah, I went to Coachella. It, it wasn't <laughs> really my, I didn't really understand it. I don't know. Maybe it'll get better. I just really was kind of, I don't know, I'm kind of just not loving it. I'm not. Yeah. Okay. And is, is there any buzz about it? Like, is anybody, I feel like nobody's really buzzing and watching it. Well, I, think I don't people think people just assume that it's bad because like there's, I mean, I think people really underestimate how many people were watching that show to watch Stassi Schroeder. And so when Stassi's off, I think a lot of people tuned out like and stopped watching almost in solidarity. Like her fans are so intense. Her fans are really intense. Are you watching Winter House? Do you watch Summer House? Are you no. watching Winter House? Mm. That's another one. I mean, I don't know. I, I like, I just think that I like new stuff. Remember when we used to get new shows on Bravo, like all the time. And now everything is like 13 incarnations of housewives and 1200 incarnations of below deck. And there's like no shows at all that are new. And I guess you really can't say winter house is new because it's like half summer house, you know, two people from Southern charmed and then some newbies, but like, I am fucking loving Winter House. I'm loving oh, it. Oh, you're loving okay. it. Love it. Love it. I don't know. Is it know. something where we could jump in and watch this season? Or do we have to go back? No, this is the first season. Okay, start. Oh. Like, do you watch? So you don't watch Summer House. You don't watch. No. You don't watch Southern Charm. Mm-mm. Which is okay. I mean, it, it adds a level of interest because like now you have people from Summer House living in a house with two people from Southern Charm. So that right there, it's just interesting. Of course, they all know each other because, I mean, they're Bravo celebrities. You know what I'm saying? But right. it's interesting to see how they interact. And then unlike Vanderpump Rules last season, where they brought in these five newbies, and it was so strange, they have newbies that have not been on Summer House or Southern Charm. And they are they are interesting. They are holding their own. One guy is from Italy and he's fucking dropped it gorgeous. And like, they all kind of know each other, but like the newbies aren't like, where, why are these people here? And it's not too heavy summer house because then you would just be like, I don't understand. Like just take the same people from summer house and put them in the winter. It's not that. So it's like newbies, summer house people and Southern charm. And it's all mixed up and they're just drinking and getting drunk and like 
the first night, like four people were making out in the hot tub. <laughs> I, I would start and watch it if I were you. Okay, this sounds I'm like a mess it. and I'm, yeah, I'm here for it. It's kind of like, for whatever reason, Bravo gave Summer House so much rope to hang itself. It's like, it was never good in the beginning. The ratings weren't good. They called it back a second season. It wasn't great. The ratings weren't great. They changed the cast. They called it back a third season. It was better. And then like fourth, it's like somehow they didn't cancel Summer House and they let it find its stride. And it's like, as like Vanderpump is kind of on the downslide and all these housewife stuff is on the downside, like Summer House is, it, it had a moment last year and now this Winter House is great. So I don't know. Okay, I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch. It'll be interesting. To, yeah. Because I've been so pleasantly surprised by Vanderpump. So if you don't like Vanderpump, but you like Winter House, then it's probably going to be phenomenal. Yeah. You might really like it or you might hate it, but it's just, look, it's all a bunch of people. And of course there's like relationship drama already. And this one, cause I mean, a lot of these people don't know. So it's like, this one likes that one. These two like the same guy. This one likes this one. It's like, do you know what I mean? It's like there's you're in a house in Stowe, Vermont for like, and I do love a winter scene. Like that's part of why I love RHO SLC. So it's like a winter scene, but you know, it's drunkenness and hooking up and just drama. I mean, like real drunkenness. Like <laughs> it's just, you know, when they're like young and like they're in their 20s. I don't know. Put this on the agenda. Okay. I'm gonna watch. It's I'm gonna watch. And then I'm curious to see if you like it, you know? But there's like drama over rooms, like you have Ramona singing we love. flashbacks. Yeah. So oh, that's so, good. so Vanderpump you love. I'm gonna try to like it more. You're gonna watch this. What else? What else is going on in the Bravo world these days? Anything? Oh, <laughs> did you see the recent thing a few like recently that TMZ is reporting? And of course, now it has life that like. The Roni reunion was canceled now mm. because Ebony filed a claim of racism with corporate against Ramona. I did oh, see wow. that. And I you also that. saw that, I mean, that book. They said part, they found nothing, right? They found nothing. But did you see that at that party they were all at that apparently, which I think this is a stretch, like, but it could be like Luann, Ramona and Leah walked out the door as soon as Ebony got there. Oh, interesting. So hmm. like when Ebony was on my show fairly recently, she said she's spoken to everybody in some form except Lou. So I don't know if some form means like Ramona being like, I'm cleared, bitch. Like you try to take me down. It didn't work. Fuck off. And yeah. Ebony saying, LOL, <laughs> you know, like I don't really know in what, but I mean. I mean, these bitches do not want to get Stassi Schroeder'd. That's for sure. No. Yeah. But I feel, listen, I feel, because I just had someone else on my podcast that's coming up. We don't need to get into who because I hate to reveal these things. But, you know, they were talking about like flipping out and like Jeff and Jenny. Like, I don't, did you watch Flipping Out? Oh, I'm a huge Jeff Lewis fan. Right. So they were talking about like flipping out and like, you know, I mean, I think everyone knows like Jenny went to corporate, you know, and said mm -hmm. like after Jeff fired her in real life, she said wrongful termination. Like, here's the thing. Like, this is an actual corporation, people. Like, you know what I mean? Like NBC. Like these are actual HR complaints that so they have to investigate. Right. Like, like NBC corporate, even Andy does not know what's going on. I mean, Andy doesn't even work at NBC. I mean, so he doesn't even care if it's not his show, but like 
Right. Like when you go to like NBC is like a Jenny Pulos and you mm-hmm. say like, I want to, you know, you're throwing words around like, you know, and this isn't, I didn't say this, this other person said it, but like, so, I mean, I don't even know if all this is true, but like, you know, wrongful termination and I'm not coming for Jenny because she was on the show and I fucking love her, but you know, like that's when the show like the flipping out got canceled. I mean, it didn't have great ratings at that point, but right. Like when you have a mess on your hands from an HR point of view and there's claims, it's not helping your show. So it's almost like if the girls weren't speaking to Ebony, I would get it. It's almost like this show is going to be fucking canceled because of you. Yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like when you involve corporate, that train, once that train leaves the station, there's no coming. Oh, right. interesting. Like you can say, oh my God. Okay. I'm like, I've, I've sat on it. I've sobered up. I this, that it's like, this has to be investigated now. Like this right. is a claim. It, it's DEFCON 5. Yeah. Did, did, did Jenny go and complain about Jeff after she was fired or before? I don't know. I have to like, okay. this, this person brought it up and oh, I, I this interview. I got the, imp- like, I always knew there was something like, but she implied like it was after and words like wrongful termination were thrown around. Well, what's interesting about that is, is you know Jeff revealed on his Sirius XM show that Jenny net had hadn't actually worked for him for years that she would just come in and like work for him during the three months they were filming but other than that you know she didn't actually work for him she wouldn't come into the office uh, and it was kind of like you know she would only be there to film essentially she wasn't really working for him so I think it's interesting that she filed like a wrongful termination given that it wasn't even like a real job. Right. Cause like, that's the thing. It's like, I mean, I don't know how that works. Like if Jeff said she's off flipping out, like, I don't even know if you really have that power, but maybe he did. And then, right. That's when she was like, well, I mean, I don't blame someone like Jenny. I mean, listen, I I would do the same thing. Like I don't blame that. Like I don't, I mean, if you're really going to go down to me, I mean, I would take the whole ship down with me personally. Like if you were going to fire me from a show that I was a huge part of, I would, I wouldn't go quietly personally. You're not going to go quietly into, into that good night. You're going to bring, you're going to bring all flipping out all of Roni down with you. Oh my gosh. Never got on a show with David. That's what we're learning. Yeah. Like, listen, I'm like a lawyer. Like, don't, I, I've always said this. I'm very nice until you really cross me. And it's like, you're going to put me out to pasture. Let me tell you how that's going to work. Seriously. <laughs> it's not like, I'm going to come for you. I'm oh going to be very gosh. calm and quiet. Like, you know how like certain people on the reality shows are just calm and quiet when they fight, but they're like deadly. Yeah. That's my style. I'm like, oh my gosh, you can, you can all scream and I'm just going to sit here quietly, but I'm going to go home and like cause a lot of trouble. So you know what I love about you. I love yes. that you are willing to admit that because I think most people would like to just assume that they are not that person, that they wouldn't do that. But I like your, that you're like, no, I'm a silent killer. Right. And if you come for me, bitch. I'll stab you. Right. Yeah. I like that. I mean, listen, short of coming for me though, I am so thick skinned. You could criticize me, hate me, talk about me, say shit about me. Like, you know, I don't care about that stuff. Go on Twitter and trash me all day. I'm very thick skinned. So do whatever you want. But when it's like a real business, like you, you really are now going to affect my bottom line. I will, 
I will see red and I just need like an hour to myself to make a few phone calls and we're going to come out. And <laughs> this is the house is coming. Down. Like, <sighs> like I've lit the match and involved 35 people and the house is coming. It's going to be destroyed. But short of that, like, just, you know, don't come for me in a big sense. You could fight with me on TV and hate me, but you know, like something like getting, so I don't even know all the details, but that's what this woman was talking about. And just, so I think like, it's the same thing. Like, and I'm not saying Roni's not coming back. I'm just saying like, if these, if this article is true, which they're saying that, you know, that's what happened. I could see why the other women wouldn't really necessarily want to speak to Ebony. For sure. And I can understand how the other women uh, probably don't want their entire show to be like completely produced and changed by this other cast member. So I, I totally have empathy for the other women. That's the thing. And the thing is, like, I just don't, again, if these were ratings, like, you know, if this happened on Beverly Hills, they would be shitting a brick and they would figure out how to work it out. But right. when the ratings are down, like they were on flipping out at that time, I mean, I, I believe that's probably, I mean, I think they were canceled, it was canceled for a lot of reasons, but that's probably one of them. You know what I mean? Right. In New York, isn't, this isn't, this is this the time for all this drama? Like, I don't know. Like, so I just don't know. I mean, I definitely think I still predict, I would think that Leah and Ebony and I don't know, either Sonia or Ramona, one of those two is not coming back. Mm. I, yeah, well, I hope it's Leah. I also want to say though, that this is very good information for me to know because, you know, I was going to ask for the behind the velvet ropes HR department's number after this call, but I think <laughs> Honey? I'm going to. <laughs> Honey, let me tell you something. I, the HR department tells me everything. I will be making notes. So just. They're closed. Yeah, the HR department is on vacation, sweetie. But... <laughs> You know, we'll but get back I, to you shortly. But I don't think Ebony, like, I think that's a whole nother legal thing. Like, but I think, you know, you could get rid of someone that makes a complaint like this if you get rid of other people at the same time. It, you know, but I just think, I don't know. I don't think Ebony's going to go so quietly, but I also, I don't think she's going to be back. And I don't think Leah's going to be back. Well, I, think those two right. are out. I mean, maybe this is the time when they clean house with, with New York completely. This is, this is a disaster. They're, they're going to clean house. They really are. You guys will be back. We need to think of another assignment. Yes. Okay, anytime. I we'll think of another. Assi- well, I'm going to think of another assignment and then you'll come back. Where can everyone find you guys online so they can listen to your wonderful podcast too? Thank you. We are the Pop Apologists. You can find us on anywhere you can listen to podcasts, Pop Apologists. And we are also the Pop Apologists on Instagram. So hit us up. We're a new episode every Wednesday. And David, we would love to come back. Just literally could talk to you, could talk my life away. Same here. And I love that we do this in the morning. We're having our coffee before we get on to other things. Um, I will think of another topic and send it to you. Everyone needs to follow you guys, pop apologists on Instagram and keep in touch. And I will DM you later. Thanks, David. Thanks, David. Love you both. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews 
actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.